Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Ashley. I have the honor here of leading the children's ministry downstairs. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to take this opportunity and say a happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. It's a very special day, isn't it, ladies? Yes. But it's also a great day because today our Vacation Bible School registration is open live. So I want to tell you guys, we are so excited. To this year, we have, we're going to have, I'm going to put a slide up and it'll tell you. This year, we have a virtual reality coaster coming in for our VBS. We have a tornado simulator. There we go. Tornado simulator, extreme inflatables. We have Nerf battles going on that week. We're going to have the Ripley brothers. They're going to go at it again as team captains. That was so fun last year. And we are having a huge foam party grand finale. Don't worry, Pastor, that one's outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so crazy and so much more high energy praise and worship. Um, it is happening July 25th through the 28th. So if you made vacation plans, cancel them. <laughs> it's for your three-year-old through entering seventh grade. It is, uh, we're offering brunch, so we're going to feed the kids, get them tired, and it's totally free. So I don't know how you could beat that, parents. <clears throat> this is all circulating around our theme, Trust. And I just think as the world continues to get darker and darker, we need to teach these kids that they can trust in God no matter what, and really that they can hold the promises of God so close to their heart. We want this week that these kids are the four days. We want those four days that these kids experience Jesus. So, moms, get your phones out. Well, actually, no, no, no. Dads, moms get the day off today. So, dads, get your phones out, grandpas, and register your kids. You're not gonna, they are not going to want to miss it. We can register on our website or on um, our app. And listen, if you're going to be here already, or maybe your kids are grown, or you don't have any children, Perfect. You can come help us that week and just make a lasting impact. There is something to be said when you witness over 200 kids standing here worshiping God, right? I mean, for those that have seen it, it it's, it's beyond powerful. It will change you. So come, be a part of it. You can register as a volunteer online as well. So talking about something special, a few weeks ago, I asked the kids to prepare a devotion or a, um, a lesson, that something that God was showing on their heart to the kids in our first through sixth grade group. And it, it just blew me away. It was so touching, so over the top. I had to share it with you guys. So take a look. called Jesus is my co-pilot. Have you ever been on an airplane? Planes fly all around the world. Here to there and there to here. I love going on planes, plane spotting and doing anything that has to do with planes. But some people are scared of planes. They might be scared of takeoff, landing, or turbulence. In Joshua 1.9, the Bible says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if you are afraid of flying, taking a car ride on the busy highway, going on a roller coaster, or down a big water slide, or hiking through the middle of nowhere, you should pray and know that Jesus is always with you. Jesus is my co-pilot. Is he yours? Hi, my name is Ayla. I'm in fifth grade. This is Ghosty. Sometimes Ghosty gets stressed. Sometimes things don't go well in his life, and he feels like all is going is going backwards. But... Um, when Ghosty prays and he believes in God, he knows he can get pushed forward. 
He can get pushed forward, and he can uh, go beyond the limits he has set for himself. First Peter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him for he cares because he cares for you. Just like the story of Joseph, things weren't going his way, but once he trusted God, he ended up being the second highest position in Egypt. I'm Lucas and I am in second grade. I didn't have anything to show, but I did have something to say. Just like in the movie, the bad guys, how the bad guys have been bad all their life, but they still could go good. Just like that, in life, it, you can, no matter how long you have been sinning, you, you can still turn to God. second foundation with the Lord, nothing can knock you down. So when I drop a domino on a sturdy stack of dominoes, nothing happens because that person is believing in the Lord and th thinking that Je and believing that Jesus ro rose from the dead. But this this person who sure believes in the Lord, but gets sometimes distracted by whatever you do video games, sports, whatever. He he's, doesn't read the Bible and whatever. He doesn't have a strong foundation with the Lord. And if you build your foundation with the Lord, it gets bigger and bigger when you keep reading your Bible. But if you uh, read your Bible, but then something comes into your life and you forget to spend time with the Lord, it falls down. So you want to have a strong foundation with the Lord. You want to be able to do your school activity or whatever you do. But you still want to be, you still want to make time to, with the, for the Lord. I'm in fourth grade. So when someone, one of your friends, say to do something bad, and you, and you say okay, and they hook you, and they. And they lead you to do, do they, and they lead you the wrong direction that God has for you. But but when you don't do that, and you sit and you go hang out with different friends that aren't that aren't mean or don't tell you to do bad stuff, God, it, it's gonna they're gonna lead you to the path that God that God ha had you to go on. Hi, my name is Lily. Um, I'm in first grade and I'm going to teach you something. So why is it so important to memorize Bible verses? Because the Bible is our weapon. And the region 617 says the Bible is God's sword. In Isaiah it says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But how can that be if you don't have a defense or a devil sword? It's only when you memorize the word and it becomes an effective weapon in your life. Jesus taught us how to fight our battles with the temptations he went through in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. If you bow down to me, I'll give you all the world. Away from me, saying, for it is written, worship your Lord and God and serve him only. The devil left him. 
So every time you memorize a new verse, think of it as your sword getting sharper and sharper. So you will always be prepared for battle and will always be victorious. Hi, my name is Matthew and this is my brother Nathan. I am in sixth grade. He is in fourth. We are going to present a lesson on forgiveness. It's actually Jesus' lesson on forgiveness. So let's begin by listening to Jesus' own words. This is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seven times seventy. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought to him who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master demanded that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But, when, but the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Once the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because I had, because you pleaded me. Shouldn't you have mercy on a fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? The angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he, he had paid his entire debt. That is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to give your brothers and sisters from your heart. Can anyone calculate how much 70 times 7 is? It's 490, but when Jesus said 70 times 7, was he really asking Peter to do a math problem? Could we actually keep track of 490 different offenses for each person we meet? Look at these gumballs. I counted out 70 of them and put them into this bag and it was tedious. Then imagine each person in this room, and not just in this room, but everyone you have met, dropped 70 gumballs for you to pick up, and then dropped them again six more times. It would seem endless, and that was Jesus's point. What Jesus meant was that we are to forgive without keeping account. He picked a number so high that we couldn't possibly keep track. It's because he doesn't want us to keep score. He wants us to forgive without measure, as he does. And even though it seems like a lot for us to forgive, remember Jesus' parable. We are the servant, and the king has forgiven us our debt to him, which is far bigger than anything he asks us to give other people for. When we are hurt, forgiving can feel hard, but God requires us to give forgiveness in order to receive it. And what we receive is much greater than what we give. So when someone hurts or angers you, don't keep score. Forgive until you lose count. Because it's not about keeping score, it's about losing count. Forgive because you have been forgiven. But that's it. You know, Miss Ashley is probably can hear downstairs. Can we give her a big hand? My goodness. My, oh, my. 
Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Would you please stand so we can give you a blessing today? Can we have all the mothers stand up, please? All the mothers stand up, please. Now stretch your hands out towards them. We want to pray a blessing upon them. Heavenly Father, we pray for these precious women right now, and we thank you for the gift they are to the kingdom of God, the gift they are to our church, and the gift they are to their families, Lord. We pray, Father, for your sweet presence upon them, your grace that surpasseth all understanding, Lord. We pray, Father, for comforts that have lost a child for those parents, Lord. And we pray hope, Lord, for those that are looking to have a child, Lord. We thank you for that. I thank you for these precious, precious women today. And I pray blessings, blessings, blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Happy Mother's Day, lady. Want to give you a big hand. Mothers, we have a little gift for you today. The ushers are going to pass baskets down. Grab one of the little gifts, a little something to say, Happy Mother's Day to you. Amen? God is good. Oh, do better than that. God is good. Amen, amen. So, when you walked in, you got one of our CFFC bags. Today is bag day. I didn't say old bag day, I said bag day. Bag. Amen. With the new law in New Jersey, we just thought it'd be a good treat for you. We know that you're not going to need just one bag when you go shopping. So you know the size of your family, how many bags you need. Stop at, out, as you go out on the left-hand side, you'll see a table there with these bags. Grab a few, you know, what, what you need. Don't take them all, please. You know, go over there and start selling them. Anyway, <laughs> and then we'll see you at ShopRite, and we'll see you at Weiss, and and. Acme or whatever, all the other stores that you might go. Aren't these cool looking bags? They are really nice. So there's plenty out there. Help yourselves. If you didn't get one when you came in, get one when you go out. Amen? It's a, and you'll remember. Remember at Yankee Stadium when we used to have that day? Imagine if they did that today. People be banging each other over the head with the bats and Everything else. When we were kids, I remember going to bat day and, and getting a bat, you know, Mickey Mantle bat and people like that. It was good stuff. Amen? Amir Tafadi, many of you might know him, came out with this book on the book of Revelation. It came out on Wednesday. I read the whole book already. That's how good the book is. It's tremendous. It's easy to understand. And that's what he said. He didn't want this book to be like a line upon line, every word. He wanted it to be a journey through the book of Revelation. They're, they're sold out in a lot of spots. I was able to get 25 copies. We got them in our bookstore. If you want to get one, you'll love it. If, if we run out, you want to pre-order it. As soon as I can get them in, I'll get more of them in. But I got to say, you know, I don't come here too often in and talk about books. This book was good. Diane's about halfway. I actually beat her this time reading a book. <laughs> it's a tremendous book. You'll really enjoy it. If you want to get it, it's in our bookstore, or I guess you can get it whatever, whatever, whatever other ways you get it. But it's an easy to read. Write every chapter of the book of Revelation, and it's pre-tribulation. And he'll explain why we know that we know that we know it's pre-tribulation. Amen. You ready to get into the Word today? Why don't you get open your Bibles to, let me, let me find it, uh, Psalm 78. But we're going to, I want to give you a few quotes that I, we came up with. Here we go. You ready? Mother's Day, Mother's Day. Mother is the name for God in the lips and hearts of a little child. Oh, you go, ooh. I thought it was pretty good. Ooh. Okay. The influence of a mother in the lives of her children is beyond calculation. Only mothers can think of the future because they give birth to it in their children. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I got a wow over here. That's good. Okay. <laughs> the art of mothering is to teach the art of living 
to children. This is a good one. You ready? If evolution really works, how come mothers only have two hands? How many mothers agree with that one? All right, here we go. There is only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. Of all the rights of a woman, the greatest is to be a mother. And my message today will be off of this one. Mothers are like glue. Even when you can't see them, they're still holding the family together. Amen? And then a little story. A man stopped at a flower shop to order some flowers to be wired to his mother, who lived 200 miles away. As he got out of the car, he noticed a young girl sitting on the curb sobbing. He asked her what was wrong, and she replied, I wanted to buy a red rose for my mom, but I only had 75 cents, and a rose cost $2. The man smiled and said, Come on with me, I'll buy you a rose. He brought the little girl her rose and ordered his own mother's flowers to be sent. As they were leaving, he offered the girl a ride home. She said, oh yes, please, please take me to my mother. She directed him to a cemetery where she placed a rose on a freshly dug grave. The man returned to the flower shop, canceled the wire order, picked up a bouquet, and drove the 200 miles to his mother's house. Amen. 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 I know. I'm making me cry. (laughs) Psalm 78. I read a survey the other day that kind of shook me, church family, and I want to share it with you today. It stated that according to a recent study, about 70% of young people who grow up in an evangelical home. We are evangelical, right? When they return from college and university, they rarely return to church. Not just their home church, any church, 70%. Watch, but listen, because this is instruction for this not to happen in our families, amen? The disconnect is that their parents were involved in church but church was not involved in their home. Did you get that? You should write that down if you can. Parents were involved in church, but church was not involved in their home. In fact, they said the greatest at-risk teenagers in America is not the teenagers whose parents were atheists or agnostic, but those who were nominal Christians. Write that word down, nominal Christians. Parents on this Mother's Day, this is huge when you think about it. I wouldn't want to take my kids to church every week, but then not see them live for Christ after they leave my home and under my influence. Can I get an amen? This message, as you can see, is not just for moms, it's for parents today. The survey continued. Here was the thing that stunned us in this study. They were talking about parents who were involved at church. They were Sunday school teachers. They were involved in the help ministry. They were deacons. They were elders. They were leaders in the church. They were in church, but their church was never in their homes. So these kids would say, I believe the Bible is true, but they didn't relate the Bible to real world and real life. They would see their parents come home from church and the way they treat their kids, the way they treat their employees does not connect with anything that they heard from the pulpit. They go to church, they hear these sermons about truth, truth telling, the word of God being truth. And then they see their parents on a regular basis lie to each other or lie to their neighbors or lie to their own children. They see their parents saying, endorsing one thing and living out a total different thing. That's where the disconnect happens. Let's read, because I want to break that today. Is that okay? I, I, I don't want my kids to enter into a Christless eternity. I want to teach them the word of God as they're in church, as they're under my roof, but as they get out of church 
also. Amen? I mean, get out of our lives as they grow up and go out on their own. Amen? Psalm 78, verse 1. We're going to look at this in the NLT. So if you want to open up the NLT or it'll be up on the screen there. Oh, my people. Who's he talking to? Us. Listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors have handed down to us. It was interesting. We're sitting with Ileana and Marcello having breakfast together. We do a devotion with them and Diane does different things with them. And we were talking about Jesus. And I said to him, you know, there is more proof of Jesus Christ living than there is of George Washington walking on this earth. More records, more things written about this Jesus Christ. But people will say, well, I believe in Jesus. Why? I mean, I believe in George Washington. Why? And not believe in Jesus Christ. I can go right down through history. People say, I believe in Caesar. Did you ever see Caesar? Did you ever see George Washington? No. But I've seen Jesus. I see him every day. And that's the experience I want my children to have. Amen? And that's now the experience I want my grandchildren to have. And if the Lord tarries, which I don't think he's going to do, then even my great-grandchildren. Maranatha Church family, we are looking up. We're living at warp speed. Amen? Now watch what he goes on. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Now, parents, it's great to talk about Daniel and the lion's den. It's great to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's great to talk about Moses opening the Red Sea. And we should talk about these. But we should also be praying with our children and letting them see answers to prayers in their own lives. No, but pastor, I prayed and nothing happened. Yeah, I prayed and nothing happened. And many times stuff does happen. I don't understand it all. I'm learning the laws of the spirit. I'm still in a natural world and we're learning the spiritual things. I still got this flesh to contend with, this mind to to contend with, with unbelief and things that come against us. But I've seen many prayers answered. And I want my kids to experience that, my grandkids to experience that. Now, in verse 5, he says, For he issued his law to Jacob. He gave his instruction to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. Do you ever think of the miracle of the Jewish nation, Israel, scattered throughout the world, not Brought to one place and come back. Scattered. This week they're going to be selling their, celebrating the, what is their 74th or 75th anniversary, right? And yet their stories were held in the Torah and in the Psalms and in the, the, the prophets and on and on. And they kept teaching their kids over and over. Christian parents, we got to do the same thing. Keep going on. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to our children so the next generation may know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children, your children, and then your children will teach their children, your grandchildren. So each generation should set its hopes anew on God. Amen? Every generation should be going to the next step, not going backwards. Every generation should be given more fire. I don't care how dark it gets out there. I don't care how much the culture changes. The Bible changes not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change to accommodate a generation. We change to accommodate his word. And you can tweet that one, amen? or truth it, or whatever you want to do. Each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting this glorious, his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like the ancestors. Catch what he's saying. Stubborn, 
rebellious and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Do you see what he's saying here? When we live what we're doing here in our home, it changes them. It change, your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. You are the biggest example to them. And yeah, they might become teenagers and spread their wings a little. You know, and, and there's almost needs to be that untying of the apron cords from parent as they move on. But that foundation you lay in them will last them. When people start saying things to them and they say, no, no, that's not right. Now listen to this. Many Christians have been influenced by their mothers, especially in spiritual and religious matters. According to a recent Barner report, about six in 10 practicing Christians in the United States today say they came to faith because of the influence of a believer in the household where they grew up. Of those, 68% said it was a mother's faith that influenced them. Wow, again, mothers. That is powerful and that is scary. That we can have such an influence on our children that it sets them up for all eternity. We see this so clearly in the life of Timothy. Timothy was a young disciple of Paul, yet Paul never says, look what I've done in Timothy's life. But he talks about the influence of this young man through two generations of women in his life. Would you turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1? 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hey, God is good. Here we go, verse 3. This is Paul speaking about this young disciple of his, the one that he's mentoring. Timothy ended up becoming the pastor of the Ephesus church, one of the biggest churches of that time period. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you, Timothy, in my prayers day and night. Do you see that the... the love he has for this young man, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith, not nominal, genuine, genuine faith that is in you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Is that precious? Precious. I am so honored and blessed that I got to get into the Fenema family, Diane's family, because I saw her father as a man of God. That man, you guys know that heard the vision the Lord gave me. He was the one that greeted my daughter into heaven. The one waiting right there for it to take her into the pearly gates. That man was, he was he was just tall and handsome, Diane. <laughs> tall, handsome, and he would just say some of the things, but his love for God. Diane will tell you, she says, I remember waking up early, and there he'd be downstairs with his Bible, praying, reading the Word of God before anybody was up in that day. That stuck with them. That stuck with them. There's only one member of that family that's not born again, and he's coming in. He's coming in. He's going to have to. He's got no choice. <laughs> when I pray for my kids, I expect nothing but that. Amen? Was it moody that, that he was believing for five certain people to be born again and the last one got saved when they were putting his coffin into the grave? Amen. All right, here we go. The genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your mother, grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that's in you also, Timothy. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. And if you study history, Timothy was going through a fearful time. Sometimes we read these people in the Bible and we think they never have a fearful time. Well, Nero was in charge. 
charge. And Nero was getting all the leaders and making them torches throughout the city of Rome and burning them alive and throwing them into the Colosseum. And you know what held them Christians strong? You know what kept them firm in their faith as they're being eaten by lions and leopards and, and being matches put to them and being torched up? Their faith in eternal life. They know in that there's something more to life than just this. And as long as you keep your mind set on heaven, everything's going to work out no matter how crazy things get. Fear will come against us, but Paul's words to him are so powerful. Ready? Say it with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So how did this happen in Timothy's life? Let's see. Go to 2 Timothy Chapter 3, Paul tells us exactly how this happened with his mom, with his grandma. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. But you must continue in the things for which you have learned, the things from which you have learned. Did you see them, little kids? They learn. Yes, Miss Ashley can pour into them. Yes, as they get older, John Rich and the team can pour into them. The children's ministry team pour into them. But parents, the greatest responsibility is you. What do we have? Your children, one, two, maybe three hours with a, 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 a fun Thursday night with the teens or something. But the rest is all in your hands, amen? And watch what he says, that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Who did he learn them from? Mom and grandma, watch. And that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. The Bible is the only book that can make you wise how to receive eternal life. No other book. That's why the Bible is still the number one selling book of all times. It will outsell every book that is written this year. And our schools are saying, don't put it in there. The most influential book of all times, but we're not allowed to teach it to our children. But it's still the number one selling book. And what was it? The, the uh, version Bible, I forgot the number, but it was just like half a billion people or something have downloaded it now. It could be even more than that. God's word, they tried to get rid of God's word so many times. It ain't going to happen. His word will never, never go away. Look what he says. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. You're not saved just because you're born into a Christian family. You're saved because you have faith in Jesus Christ. Now watch verse 16. All scripture, the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it was a man that wrote it, but God breathed into it. Amen. God directed the hand of these men and women to write it. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely, complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What is he talking about here, parents? He's talking about devotional time. He's talking about for dinner, breakfast, lunch, whichever one it is, or all three. My grandkids, now I'm doing that, that Lewis, uh, I can't even say his last name, but it's all on science. Are you going to read that devotional? Are you going to read that devotional? And it's just science talking about a galaxy out there that looks like a cross, talking about one of our cells in our body that looks like a cross, and all these different things. And then we go on the internet and we find the actual pictures of it. Little things that you can do, little devotionals. The word for you today devotional is in. They're pretty simple. They're only this big. But you say, we're going to read that scripture today. And we're going to read that little devotional today. Man, if you have never gotten one of our word for you today devotional, take one as a gift from us to you. A amen? We want you to have that precious time with your children, with your, oh, pastor, I'm so busy. Yeah, I know. We're all so busy, so busy with sports, so busy with drama class, so busy with dancing, so busy, so busy, so busy, and then our kids go to hell? Listen, all those things are good. 
Nothing wrong with sports. I like sports. Nothing wrong with drama. Well, dance, you better watch some of that dance stuff. Amen? But, but nothing wrong with dance. And now they have Christian dance groups that are out there to kind of clean that act up a little. But anyway, but make sure God is first. Make sure that your home is not nominal, but your home is on fire. Make sure it's coming from your heart and not just a poster on the wall, a picture hanging there, a little plaque. Make sure it's devout within you. Devotional times. Open that Bible. Every stage that our kids have been at, we always made sure they had a Bible for their age. Amen? No matter where we lived, we made sure they got into a church that had an outstanding children's ministry. It's not all about us. Oh, I got to feel good when I get the church. You better get your children in a place that feeds them on their level. And again, Miss Ashley is a gem to this church. A gem to this church. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mama, nanas, daddy, they took serious the instruction to train up a child any way he should go. In Proverbs 22, 6, we know it, train up a child the way he should go when he's old, not depart from it. But listen to how the Passion Translation says it. Ready? It's up on the screen. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Now listen to this one more story. We're just about done. One of the most amazing stories I've ever heard of this mother's influence over a child is that of Susanna Wesley. She was born in 1669, and she was the youngest of 25. <laughs> now, Diane is of a family of 11, and she says, I hardly remember the older ones. Amen? 11. Can you imagine 25? At age 19, she married a church England pastor, Samuel, Samuel Wesley, and she bore 19 children. She never preached a sermon. She never published a book or founded a church. Yet Susanna Wesley is known as the mother of Methodism, the example of faith and religious reverence she set for her children. John and Charles Wesley inspired them to become powerful spiritual leaders and to launch the Methodist movement. Historians say the fathers of the Methodist movement owe much of their access to their mother and their foundation built in their childhood home. Susanna was not docile or weak. She was strong, organized, listen to this next part, and she knew the importance of the gospel and its impact to the world. When they say we're irrelevant, no, no. The gospel is the most important thing on planet Earth. Most important thing. The world would not have John Wesley, Methodism, Nazarenes, and other denominations and movements without Susanna Wesley. That's what I want in my life. And parents, that's what we should want for our children. Parents, live the life before them at all times. When you mess up, let them know. <laughs> you think they don't know? Let them know. Dad pooped it again, man. Did it again. Don't let pride hold you back from being a great parent and an influencer in their lives. Use every opportunity to help them see God. Last scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Very familiar scripture, but I used this when my children were growing up. When we went to the park, we didn't have much money. So you go to the park a lot, amen? You let them run, let them get on the swings. But then we went for walks, and I said, wow, look at the butterfly. I still do it. I still, I love nature. I think nature is just, amen, friend? I think nature is one of the most amazing. When people say, I don't believe in God, 
Really? Can I tell you something? I better be nice. I won't say it. Just look out there and tell me how that all came about without a master designer. Oh, yeah, but there's this religion, that religion. Yeah, and they're all there to confuse you. Amen. The heart of the Father is over his creation. And when I walk and now see the greens and those purple, what they call them, red buds and other trees blossoming right now, I still see the thorns and thistles that it says about in Genesis chapter 1. This earth is still under the curse, but it's just about to be removed. Amen. Deuteronomy 6, 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently. Parents, did you catch that word there? Diligently. Diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Devotional time. And don't just do devotional time to open the books. When they're little, pray with them as they go to sleep. Don't pray some prayer. Now I pray. Now I lay my head to sleep. I pray to Lord my soul to keep. And if I don't rebuke that thing. Let him pray Psalm 91. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Greater is he in me, Papa, than he that's in the world. Put the word of God in them. Amen? This little light of mine. Say, this bright light of ours. I'm not trying to put those songs down, but some songs and quotes, we got to make sure they line up with the word of God. Amen? All right, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you go for a walk, when you lie down, a little prayer before they go to bed, when they rise up. Good morning. Look at the day the Lord has made. Oh, you'd be such a fanatic. I'd rather be a fanatic and get my kids saved. Amen. Where does the word fanatic mean? Fan. How many here are fans? I hear the Yanks are doing good this year. I hear the Mets are doing good this year. That's great. But I'm a bigger fan of Jesus than I am of the Yanks and the Mets. Amen? Look what it says. You shall bind them as signs in your hands, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Children are influenced by their parents. It isn't only a mother's job or a man's job to model the gospel. It's every parent's job to show Christ to their children. A mother influence can guide her children in the ways of God. She can model love. She can model grace, truth, and strength. Amen? Amen. God is good. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. I pray that this message was a stirring. And listen. If you got saved later in years and your children aren't serving the Lord now, you got a great gift. What's that? Your knees. You pray. You surround them with your prayers. Parents, grandparents, surround them with your prayers. Amen. Don't forget to grab your extra bags that you need. They're out there. Again, I can only get 25 of these, so whatever's there is there, and uh, we'll go from there. Amen? God is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great love. Father, we thank you for this beautiful service today, and we thank you again that Jesus, he is Lord. He is Lord. Listen, if you're here today, And maybe you weren't influenced by a parent. But let God influence your life. As my brother Scott said when he was up here, and as I have said, the days are getting darker, but the church is getting brighter. We are going to have a bigger influence in this world than ever. But it's getting dark out there. Up is down. Down is up. Light is dark. Dark is light. It's a total delusion out there. It doesn't have to be a delusion in here. Stick with the book, amen? Stick with the word of God. It's been around a lot longer than you, me, and just about everybody that's making all these cuckoo ideas. Well, just about more than anybody that's alive right now. We get one shot at this, one shot. This morning, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior, I would like to encourage you to make that decision. We would like to give you another free gift today. Today is free gift day, amen. 
We'd like to give you, if you don't have a Bible, we'd like to give you a free New Testament. I'd like to give you a little bit of literature, not about our church, but about Jesus Christ to help you at your newfound faith. That's it. That's it. If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, pray this simple prayer with me. We'll all pray it together to help you say this. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins today, accepting me today. Thank you that I am born again, born again. I have eternal life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're making that decision today, I want to say congratulations. I'd love to give you this little package. In the package is a little card. If you don't have a Bible, go to the bookstore. Might be a little crowded in there. Just go off to the side. Brandy might be over there. She'll help you. And we'll just get one right away into your hand, into your hand. If you're making that decision today, no one looking around. No one's going to ask you to stand up or do anything like that. You're receiving Jesus for the very first time, rededicating your life, or you're just not sure. Would you slip your hand up, let our altar workers see it, and they'll come right to you. Thank you for that hand. Reverend Bob, right over there. Thank you. Thank you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Don't be, a, don't be afraid. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We're here to bless you. What do you got to lose? Think about it. Well, I'd have to give up so much. What? are we asking you? What is God asking you to give up? Nothing. Well, what about all my wildlife? You bring it to God after you get saved and see what he says about it. Amen? That's a personal thing between you and your daddy up in heaven. Amen? Anyone else? That's you. Just slip your hand up. Let me see it. Let the altar workers see it. They'll bring it right to you. All right, let's do what the angels are doing right now. Hallelujah. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the joy of our salvation. Oh, Lord, as we see all these things happening in the world, we feel bad for the people. But it's exactly what the Bible said would happen just before Jesus returned. So for us, we're looking up. We're praying. We're doing our part. We're preaching the gospel. Now it's each individual's part to do their part, Lord, before the great tribulation comes on this earth. I thank you for each person, family, child, adult that's here today, Lord. I pray your blessings upon them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Again, happy Mother's Day. God bless you.